Hi, I'm Sonia Hilmer, and this is This Week in Skating. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And this is This Week in Skating. Today, we are excited to welcome Sonia Hilmer to This Week in Skating. Last season, after a decade of competing on the regional and sectional circuit, at the age of 23, Sonia competed at her first U.S. championships. She finished in the top 10. She also won the silver medal at her first ever international competition, Cranberry Cup, and finished fifth at her first Challenger Series event, U.S. Classic. Just a few weeks ago, Sonia competed at Nebelhorn Trophy, where she finished seventh. Sonia also has a unique style. She can spin in both directions, and she is known for her triple salkow reverse rotating double salkow jump combination. She has also passed all the U.S. figure skating pattern dance tests, both with a partner and solo, and solo free dance. She also makes her own costumes, choreographs her own programs, and even choreographs programs for other skaters as well. What can't Sonia do? So we want to welcome Sonia to This Week in Skating. Welcome! Hi, Sonia! Thank you, guys. (laughs) It's great to be here. Gina, I think she could be, she could help us. With our, okay. how do we manage all the things we're doing? Because <laughs> oh, sometimes yeah. it's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that challenge. So I don't know how much help I'd be. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're really excited to uh, be able to talk to you on this episode. Um, let's just kick things off with what is your skating background? And uh, what brought you to, to Colorado Springs from New York? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, So I started skating at the age of three and a half. Um, My cousin took me on the ice. My cousin's Colette Appel. Um, She was a junior Paris champion. And she was my first coach as well. So that was really awesome to have that family connection and inspiration. Um, And I didn't move to Colorado until I was 16. And that was just coaching changes. It was it was time to expand and see what else was out there. Um, so yeah, I've been here for leave just about eight years, uh, give or take, and it's been great. <laughs> I can imagine that it's really different, though. I've been to Colorado Springs. I've been to New York. Like the environment is very different. Yeah, there's less bugs here. Oh, good. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's like the best thing. <laughs> Did it take you a long time to get used to the altitude? Yeah, so that's like the first thing you'll notice if you come train here. Um, I always say the fourth day is the worst for me. Uh, and that's like if I've been away for a while. As you train more in altitude, it's easier to get back to it. But yeah, that for sure, for the first few weeks, it was always like, balancing how much water you drink and what you're eating, making sure you have electrolytes and all that. I flew out there for, I think it was the JDP in 2015, 2016, 20, somewhere in there. It was 
people had said before I went, the altitude, you're going to feel it. And I don't know what I was thinking, but all I was doing was pulling a small rolling, like, laptop case to go get my suitcase. And it was like I was chugging along through molasses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a different experience, um, but I liked it. I thought it was really beautiful out there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have not been to Colorado Springs, so I don't know what it's like um, the altitude there or how pretty it is. I need to get to Colorado Springs. It's on my list, but I'm yeah. I live in New York, not where you grew up. You were like closer to the city area. I'm in Western New York. Um, okay. but yeah, so that's why I was wondering what brought you, obviously, I figured it might have been because of coaching that you made the switch over yeah. to Colorado Springs from an area in New York that may not have a lot of mm-hmm. training facilities there. Yeah, I actually commuted to Connecticut for training. It oh, was like okay. an hour to two hours one way. Um, and that got to be a lot. It can. <laughs> it definitely yeah. can. Yeah. I used to commute to my office. It was about an hour each way, and it didn't bother me until I started working from home during the pandemic, and then I realized just how much time I was spending in the car, and now I don't think I could go back to it, because it's just, Uh it's so, it, it just is so much time on the road. It's... I don't feel productive and that kind of drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. So what's it like training in Colorado Springs with so many elite athletes? It's probably quite an experience. Yeah, it's it's really cool to see what everyone brings to the table um, and to be on the ice with them, too, uh, which is actually something I kind of realized moving into Four Continents, actually, because we hosted Four Continents, was being on the ice with people uh, is much different than watching them. Um, you kind of feel how they move in a different way when you're in the same space as them. Um, and it's super, super fun. We have a national and international session dedicated to just those who have qualified for that level of competition. Um, and you can you can kind of read the the levels of skaters and how each session feels depending on who's on it. Um, and this this week it was quite empty because everyone's out competing. <laughs> um, but it can get pretty busy um, and pretty exciting. What's a like a day in a life for you? Like how many hours are you out on oh. the ice? How many off hour, you know, sessions do you have? What's what's like a typical day like for mm-hmm. you? Um, okay, let's go with like something this week. I I'm starting to pick up coaching sessions in the morning again because choreography season is starting for some of the younger ones. Um, so I'll do one session in the morning of coaching and then I'll go across town to Broadmoor and skate three on ice sessions uh, with, you know, your various warm up and exercises in between. Um, I have about an hour break, which I usually bring like a craft to do, which it's Inktober right now. So we're we're doing we're doing Inktober again, uh, which is always kind of stressful because I'm like, I've already not done anything today yet. (laughs) How much time do I have left in the day before I can do this? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Then, then I have um, one more session usually after that and I will go home. uh, If it's Tuesday or Thursday, I'll have a workout at home 
which I do via Zoom with my cousin, who is awesome. He's done lots of different types of different work. And other days I'll go back to a different rink and do more coaching um, or just come <laughs> home and like do recovery. Busy day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or another craft, you know. Yeah. So you mentioned that you're um, doing Inktober. Can you explain to our listeners what Inktober is? Yeah, so Inktober for the artist community is a little a little challenge that we like to do where we do a drawing every day of October. Um, and there is an official prompts list that's put out by some lovely person who I'm not sure who it is. Uh, but I don't like to follow the prompts just because I like to do my own original thing and I usually sell the, the pieces that I make. Uh, but typically it's ink inspired so pen i do sumi ink too sometimes which is really fun um but yeah so you're supposed to do one every day of october um and that's so you it said you don't like to follow it because you like to do your own thing do you just kind of look for your own inspiration that day yeah i don't really plan it uh which is probably why i fall behind <laughs> but <laughs> but um this year i'm doing uh, little ink doodles and turning them into button pins which is really fun because it's like bringing another thing into it uh, and I can be really fast um, and then last year I did full like five by seven illustrations um, and if you ask people at the rink from that year they're like yeah she was painting every day in the <laughs> lobby wow um, and framed all of them and all that yeah that was really fun so do you sell them on etsy or one of the stores yeah yeah i have an etsy um it's like i i will be able to do more with it probably later but i have a lot of my last year's inktobers up there still um and i just started putting this year's up um and some other art that i've done we'll definitely share that link in yeah, our show definitely. notes so people can check it out Yes. And you post them on Instagram too, right? You have an, your own Instagram. Yeah, I do that. Um, I'm kind of just kind of getting back into the art Instagram. I've been trying to code my pictures because you know, the whole AI thing yeah. is kind of <laughs> messing with the art a little bit. So I've been doing some reels and uh, I got to figure out how to code my pictures, but I've been posting on my personal uh, skating Instagram story also. For yeah. art. Very cool. I love AI. I think it can be used for good. But when it's used for, you know, stealing other people's art. Yeah. yeah in the right application. Just yeah. It's not okay to, to take um, <laughs> someone else's art or photos. I deal right. with that a lot with photography where oh, they bet. like to take my, you know, my, not even just mine, but my friend's photos. Mm -hmm. and sometimes we'll find them in magazines and they've not been bought they're wow. just putting them in there yeah so we have to be very careful people always yeah. say well why do you watermark the photos that are on like figure skaters online or icedance.com mm -hmm. oh i know <laughs> we used to have a little teeny watermark that would be down in the corner now we have to actually put it over a part of the body that's why because people yeah. will take it and it's yeah. it's frustrating it it really mm -hmm. is so i can I totally relate to that it's really yeah you don't want someone to take out your hard work and sell it for themselves um yeah so how did you get into art how did you like decide to do art was that always something uh, you enjoyed yeah 
uh, ever since, I mean, probably about the same time as skating started. Um, when I was really little, we'd had this giant roll of paper in the closet that my mom would just roll out on the floor for me. Um, and I'd just draw over the whole thing. It was like a daily practice. Um, and then I was just the one kid. Everyone was like, oh, you know how to draw really well. And that just kind of became my identity in school. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a nerd. I like the whole concept art thing. I love looking at character developments. Um, and there's a lot of original stuff that comes out of it, both for whoever's making that particular content or, and for the fans who are doing fan art and making up their own stuff. Um, so I love seeing what people do with that. Um, and I love messing with different materials. Um, I'm mostly a traditional artist. And if I see something new, I'll probably be trying it. I'm always amazed at what I see. I mean, social media has just made everything blow up even bigger because especially the fan art that I see people putting their time oh, yeah. into, it's incredible. I do a lot of digital graphics and digital art, and I love doing that. I have to be in the right headspace for it. I can't just like turn it on. Yeah. Um, it, it, yeah. People will say, you know, one of my friends might ask me to, well, can you make me a graphic for my, or a poster for an event I'm doing? I can't just sit down and do it. I have to like get, yeah. talk myself into and let it percolate and then start playing around in Canva. Okay, I'm going to do this mm -hmm. and then I'm going to do this. And sometimes I'll be even more creative and I'll get into Adobe Illustrator and play mm -hmm. in there yeah. and draw. But um, I had to be in the right headspace. But I'm... Um, oh, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> but I'm amazed at what the fans put out. Um, I, I remember a lot of the early art that I saw was mostly like overlays of photos with different Photoshop brushes and just that's what it looked like. And now it's people are actually drawing. They're, yeah. you know, putting pen to paper and drawing. Yeah. And I think it's it's so cool to um to see that so since we're kind of talking about art here how do you go about using your art to kind of create your costumes yeah because okay what's the process like for that um because you're you're doing it from the beginning steps with the sketching all the way to the final yeah. product so how does that come about well, I've I've been designing my costumes for longer than I've been making them. Um, so the sketching was something I've been doing for a little bit, but it kind of just stemmed from listening to music and then like making up a costume to like things I wouldn't even skating to, just like random stuff, right? Um, costumes I would never be wearing. Just like, what color does this sound like? And then if I'm ever skating to something that has like a, a watchable source material, which is quite often now, I like to incorporate some teasers from that mm. or base it off of what that style looked like. Um, and I wasn't making things until I started getting into cosplay. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, I want to hear about that. I, I'm sure there's some kids out there who would understand that my friend in middle school dragged me into this fandom, <laughs> uh, which is like what I did, right? Um, 
and it just like opened up this whole world of people who've self-taught largely self-taught all these different techniques on making things just like anything and sewing is a huge part of it uh so i was sewing things for cosplay and then i was like this is like basically the same thing why don't i try and do something for skating um and i also worked um my first official choreographer daniel brentsev um his wife jen was making dresses for me and i kind of got to be in part of the process um and they were like yeah one day you could do this for yourself and i was like you know i think i will <laughs> um, <I'm> finally here <laughs> yeah i know jen and daniel they're really cool people i saw daniel not that yeah. long ago I think it was in Dallas. I haven't seen Jen in quite a while, but she's a very creative artist person too. Mm -hmm. Like she, yeah. she's very creative. Yeah, she's she's. I, I see her stuff on on Instagram sometimes. You know, when I'm actually paying attention to social media, um, and it's it's like that engagement. She's like a different type of movement. Like putting, I know she puts a lot of the skating stuff into her like drawing it straight from skates onto the paper and stuff and it's it's like really core art that I feel like is like mixing new things with old school which is kind of like what I like to do with skating too so it's like really cool to see how she's grown in that way so you like cosplay um in this I I promise our listeners we will circle back into the skating discussion but <laughs> some of the it's really interesting um so what got you into cosplay and what what fandom are you interested in or focused on um well i started where did i start with actually if we're gonna go like true true start i started with making a halloween costume um from super smash bros oh <laughs> and, which like, one 20, which... 2013 i did um she okay yep like zelda yep. Um, and that was fun, uh, cause like, this was in the time when my friends, we'd do groups. So we did like all the different colors that you could be in Smash Bros. Um, and then we did like all the different pits from Smash Bros. And then I was Palutena. That was our first convention. And that's kind of how I got into it is my, my friends had, had this experience and they, they encouraged this group interaction. Uh, and then I started to get more into the making of it and discovered you could compete you can uh which yeah, yeah. which mm. has kind of become why i do it because and there's like you could give any reason why you want to do it um there's there's nothing that says what is or is not cosplay as long as you are having fun and dressing up and doing what you want to exactly. do exactly um but the competition stuff really interesting. Well, I think like being a competitive figure skater probably helped that. Um, it's just like in my nature <laughs> to try and challenge myself and push myself in a competition setting. Um, but like I learned things I never would have thought I'd know how to do. Um, and I meet lots of people who have similar passions, kind of like skating, honestly, um, especially once you get to seniors. And okay, so fandoms. I started in anime. Um, and now I'm more in video games. Okay. Um, most recently, I'm doing League of Legends skins. Okay. Um, I've done Overwatch also, which was actually my first competition build was from Overwatch. Oh. Uh, and 
that that was a really that was a really fun one to wear because it was very different from what I had done before. Um, and we'll see. There's there's a lot of intricacy in the game designs, uh, which is really fun challenge for us who make these things. <laughs> Yeah, I do some gaming. I don't call myself a gamer, mm-hmm. but, oh, but my neither. friends are like, you spend a lot of time playing. You're definitely, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I have played Super Smash Bros. a bunch of times. Um, Pokemon Stadium, I'm actually good at, even though I don't really understand any of it. <laughs> I'm just lucky, I guess. <laughs> Um, like that's how I got into Smash Bros. Yeah, you just you start playing, you figure it out, and you just go. Hmm. I mean, you figure it out. Um, I have a good friend who's my podcast partner on my other podcast who has taught me how to play some of the games. But then I also play one called Dead by Daylight, which is like yeah, yeah. I have a bunch of friends. Yeah, who play. it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of time on like Discord, just chatting with people in your little group and. We all try to stay alive. And it it <laughs> infuses this horror element because I'm I love horror movies. Oh, yeah. I could not it's do it. It's <laughs> so uh intense at times. Um but I've actually been I went to Fandemic, which is which was a um a con that, a convention that was down in Atlanta. They had cosplay contests there, so I was able to see some of it. Yeah. I was amazed at what people were able to do and put together because you'd see them walking around and so you could see up close that it wasn't just something that up on a stage looks good. It's like you can see the detail that's Mm -hmm. put into it. And so it fascinated me. And I had never been to a convention, so this was my first one. And I was just like, there's so much to see. I don't even know what to look at. So let's talk a bit about your costumes. Like, what was uh, your short program this year is to The Matrix, Club to Death, which is a song very familiar with. There have been some really high profile skaters that have skated to that music before. What made you select it? And then what was the process like putting the costume together? Oh, yeah, the costume is a funny one. (laughs) (laughs) Picking, I picked that music and this is a little bit sad. I picked the music for the Peggy Fleming Trophy this season. Specifically because of the cantilever. Um, For those of you familiar with the Peggy Fleming Trophy, we have an element called the signature move. Um, And I've been doing the cantilever since it started five years ago. And I was just like, you know, if there's going to be any program that is based on this cantilever, it's going to be the Matrix. Mm -hmm. It is. You got to have that in. It is. Um, and so I had half choreographed this and then got the very sad news that Peggy Fleming trophy is no longer happening. Um, and so it was kind of like, okay, um, let's just make it a short program and, and see what happens. And of course, a lot of the names came up like, you know, this person skated to this, like Kyori. Yep. Even. I love Kyori. I was like, am I really going to do this? I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I just have to do differently. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I, finally put the whole program together it kind of just like set in like oh this is this is good and this is different um 
And I'm really happy that I went with it because uh, I don't really I don't like to pick things that have been used a lot. Um, but I don't really feel like this all falls into the category of overuse. There are a few songs that I think we we all know. Yeah, all we all know. Yeah, we know right. those ones. <laughs> and I don't consider the Matrix one of those. So you're good. Yeah. No. Awesome. So, um, yeah, that's that's how that came to be. Uh, the costume, it was, I was originally going to just make it plain uh, black with the green crystals, but then we watched the movies and my friends were like, you have to wear pleather. <laughs> it looks so good. <laughs> all right, all right, okay. Luckily, there's a cosplayer, uh, yet again, uh, named Yaya Han, who is very famous and has made her own line of uh supplies and fabrics and all sorts of stuff she's really branded herself and she has wonderful pleathers that are stretch pleather so i ended up using her fabric combined with a mesh um and i redid the the dress entirely uh the night before leaving for glacier falls this year oh my gosh <laughs> oh jeez <laughs> working out <laughs> did you just yeah, decide uh, okay i can't do this i've got to change it like last second uh it Kind of. So I had picked different fabrics before for the first version that they were the same type of or category of fabrics, but they weren't the best selection for a skating dress, I discovered, um, where it was like the mesh could have been a little bit stronger and the pleather could have been a little bit stretchier. Um, so I was working on it. I was like almost done putting it together. I was like, no, no, this, this isn't working. Um, and I went out and I got new fabric in the morning, brought all my patterns to the rink, uh, cut all the fabric out in the lobby, went home, sewed it together in six hours, uh, flew to Glacier the next day, uh, brought my crystals with me and did all the crystals in the hotel. Oh my gosh. Just in time for the last practice before the short program. <laughs> they would wow. love you on Project Runway because you yeah. know how yeah. to make oh. it work. Oh. <laughs> you, yeah. yeah. You know how to make oh, it work. Project Runway is so intense, though. Yeah. Like, I haven't... I'm sure it's nothing like what they put on TV. <laughs> I haven't watched it... Yeah, I haven't watched it since yeah, they switched it. Because Tim and Heidi mm. went on to do something else. But Tim right. was Mr. Make it work. Make it work. And that's always, like, in my head. If I'm faced with something that's less than favorable and i have to deal with it i'm just like okay this is one of those make it work moments and yeah. <laughs> sometimes you have to just do it and you don't let it overtake you you just do it it's like no okay uh this is the situation i'm in i'm gonna fix it i'm gonna do it yeah you know and i had a backup dress with me too oh, okay uh, but i was like no no i have to wear this one <laughs> but i'd already worn that one for broadmoor okay now, is that um, where you do your best work is in the lobby of the rink? <laughs> Sometimes. Um, I like to bring stuff to do because um, I really don't know what to do with myself in my break time besides like stretch and then just like watch videos. <laughs> and I feel like I could be doing something better. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll bring crafts a lot. And I, I've sewn, I've painted, I've inktober now uh, yeah yeah <laughs> i just you know i didn't know if that's where you do your best putting together your costumes is at the rink <laughs> you know i mean it's a time where i'm kind of like forced to yeah. work quickly mm. 
So maybe. Yeah, I think we all yeah. have that place. Um, I come up with my best ideas in the car of all places. Yeah. Like if I'm just driving, it's like something will come to me if I've been struggling with coming up with an idea. If I get in the car for like 10 or 15 minutes, it's I, it's my brain. I don't know why, but I just process through it and can get a resolution that way. Come up with a fix For me, that it's way. in the shower. The shower. Really? Yeah. Like I shower. the shower. Like somehow if I'm working on a story from work and I don't know how I'm going to lead it, somehow in the shower I have come up with my lead. I think it, yeah. co- it comes yeah, to too. being in a place where you're alone and yeah. can focus and there's nothing else that your brain can really think about. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, really dig deep down into the basics of everything. Whereas when I'm sitting at my desk, I've got a million things on my mind and I can't parse anything out. It's just, it's just, that's what it is. It's, it's kind of a mess sometimes. So, so what about your free skate? Yeah. Um, my free skate, so my free skates from Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, and I'm kind of like, why didn't I think of skating to this before? Uh, cause I've, I, I remember getting these on dvd as they were released mm. when i was a kid um so i've i've been a huge fan of the show for a long time um but oh my gosh i was in the car See? <laughs> it's that moment it's that place of clarity yeah. that that you get to yeah it, that's so strange um i i was i was stuck on the free skate because my last free skate which was arcane was so good and I always try to think of like one upping for next year, even though it's not like a true one up. It's, it's like equal but different. Uh, and I was like, okay, what made this so good? And I was like, it had a story that I was familiar mm-hmm. with that I could tell uh, through skating and choreography. I was like, okay, is there any other show haha, that is like that? And I was like, Avatar. I was like, oh no, you're gonna do it, aren't you? <laughs> That's the only one I could think of. I was like, oh, okay. And I pulled up like the playlist on YouTube of all the soundtracks, just let it play while I'm driving. Oh, it's kind of good. It's kind of really good. Um, so yeah, then I just, I kind of, I was between that and actually Beauty and the Beast was my other pick. Oh, okay. Very um, different. For yeah. Like options. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I ended up going with this one. Uh, because I felt like I could put together the full story in the medley really well. Um, and I tried to cut both various different times, and it just worked so well with the Avatar one. Um, I ended up using six different soundtracks uh, together for my program. That was a mix of the original soundtrack from the show and uh, Samuel Kim music covers. F- phenomenal cover artist, by the way, for anyone out there. Who might be interested <laughs> but, uh, and all his stuff is on itunes uh which is super awesome now do um, you cut your own music you said you- yeah <laughs> I do. add that to the list <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah oh my pretty gosh. much everything that's a, like a Just side business yeah. you can do yeah yeah and i do cut music sometimes for my kids uh who i choreograph for so- now, what's the costume like for your free skate? Um, this one, this one's a little bit more intricate than the Matrix one. Um, it's 
top half, bottom half, but it's all one piece with nude mesh and long sleeves. Um, it's based off of the Fire Nation outfit. Um, and it, it kind of has like a teaser of the Fire Nation insignia and crystals on the top. Um, and then a little bit more of a flamey, flowy skirt. And I have the the little arm cuffs and the air tattoos down down the arms. Um, and a necklace, which I, oh my gosh, I forgot to wear it at Cranberry. <laughs> and, and I watched the video and I was like, there's something odd about looking at this. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not wearing the necklace. <laughs> Sometimes you don't want the, it's those little details that you just forget. Mm-hmm. I was so focused, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could... We could do separate interviews for each of the components of of what you do because you do so many cool things and you make it all work. Does it ever get overwhelming? Yeah, I think I probably like live in a constant state of being overwhelmed. And is that your comfort zone? <laughs> I mean, is that I don't are know. you comfortable there? Because some people I think are I like a challenge. Yeah, I like a challenge. I was always someone who like kind of went for things being harder mm-hmm. just out of default um i'm learning how to like rest better and be easier on myself and uh kind of not try and jam pack everything in uh like not every idea has to be executed i guess um but i like i like um the high volume of things just in general i think my brain's very active uh and needs that stimulation uh but it also needs to stop sometimes yeah i think (laughs) creatives when you're a creative person you can run into a problem where your brain won't shut off i've had trouble like even getting sleep because my brain is just thinking five steps ahead when I just wanted to let me sleep. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. I have to get up and write things down and that helps. Yeah. (laughs) I got to write this down. Okay. But it can interfere with you getting the rest you need to be able to continue Mm -hmm. um, to get things done like the next day. And Yeah. yeah, it's, it's a struggle sometimes. Um, delicate balance. So, how did you start choreographing your own programs? Like, what made you decide, okay, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to create my own programs. Because that's its own mm-hmm. challenge in itself. Yeah. Um, I started with Christmas shows. Um, we, we always had like local Christmas shows at the rinks. Uh, and it was when I started to understand that, like, people had choreographers and then coaches when I started to have multiple different coaches um and the importance of dividing that it was kind of like an interesting new thing to mess with of like they're paying attention to how I'm stepping between this and this or that I'm not looking at the ice it's like number one <laughs> thing <laughs> um and and also how it went to the music because I think at this point I had, I liked to have some involvement with my music. Um, sorry if you can hear the bird. He's, um, it's, you know, dinner time. 
calling session. <laughs> uh, I have a bird downstairs. Uh, my um, cats do that. Because they get fed yeah. at 11 when my partner gets home. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I... If- yeah, he calls for me yep. specifically. He has... Yeah, is what it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and it's it's dinner time. Where are you? Yep. <laughs> I can. I, so, uh, yeah, but anyway. So, yeah. So. Um. Especially putting all of that to music, kind of drove me to think of what different music sounded like, uh, like what move this would be, and recognizing, oh, that's that's an awesome jump landing. On that note, there or. Um, and the only opportunity I had at the moment was to do the Christmas show stuff. Um, and then I ended like ended up doing my Christmas show and the group number that was in the show and someone else's program. Um, and it was always just the shows. Um, and then one year I was like, you know, I think I want to do my, my program. Um, and then I would do one. And at this point it would be Rohin doing the other. Uh, and then you know just as as things shifted I I started doing both of them uh, which I, I I think it's been very good for me because I have learned a lot about how I move and also how I don't move uh, or things maybe I would want to learn in movement uh, and you have to have yeah. a good understanding of the rules, right? What is expected mm-hmm. in the programs. Yeah. But because... Oh my gosh, the last rule change. <laughs> <laughs> when they, the, I, I remember when the, the actual document was released because we were all at the rink. Um, and it was like, you can't repeat... Uh, you can only repeat one turn between two clusters and all of us are like, oh my gosh, we already have our programs done. <laughs> yeah. Um, Let me yeah. call my choreographer. Oh, wait, that's me. I do me. my own programs. <laughs> I have to I fix know. it. Very lucky in some cases, but also I'm like, who decided to make this so hard? <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> it's now. It was me. Yeah. <laughs> Now, when you choreograph for yourself, you know what you're capable of doing. But when you choreograph for somebody else, you find that harder mm. because you it's you they're it's what they know how to do and not what yeah. you do. It can be. Uh, it can be. And usually um, I spend I spend most of the time when I'm choreographing for others on the opening of the program and on the step sequence um, because they're mostly going to be more intricate um i mean the opening you always want to draw people in um and that's also kind of where i get an idea for how they hold their body uh and what kind of shapes match their body and that does actually translate into steps um based on body check and position and you know all that um and then usually i i get information about like what moves sets they've passed and what level they're competing of course and um, we'll mess around with usually gliding maneuvers is one we do one lesson of different spirals, spread eagles, bowers, hydro blades, um, different toe steps or hops, jumps, or artistic type jumps. Um, and I just have to like pay attention to how easy it looks for their body to be able to accomplish that. Um, and that might not necessarily be 
the first time they do it, you kind of have to say like, oh, this looks like something you'd be able to get in the future. Or like, mm-hmm. nope, your arm consistently goes the wrong direction. We're taking that <laughs> out. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it's been honestly one of the biggest learning experiences of my entire career has been choreographing for other people. It sounds fascinating though, because yeah. you're talking about you do lessons where you learn, you actually see what they're able to do. And then you know what to put in the program that way. And that yeah. makes a lot of sense if you think about breaking things down. Um, so how did spinning in both directions? I mean, that is not something that is common out there. I know I can't even when I try to, I have to stick to my side that I know how to do things on. I'm not even going to try the other side. Yeah, it it started, uh, I think I was like 12, 13, and I had my first like big injury. It was a hamstring pull, um, not quite tear, but it was due to imbalance in muscle strength. And when my coach heard that, uh, he was like, all right, for one week, everyone's doing everything the other direction. Oh. Um, and that was spins, single jumps, like literally everything in lessons. Like, I don't even think we ran programs in his lessons. Um, we just did things the other way. And I kind of figured out that I could do at least the majority of basic positions pretty well. Um, and it was just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this just cause it's kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, and so I did, I just do like the basics and gradually have like, oh, I wonder if I could do broken leg or some of that. And I just kind of like keep adding on. I still add on variations. Like only very recently I started doing star, star butterfly, um, to camel was like my newest addition to, I did that the other way. Um, but I've been spinning the other way, like eight years, I want to say um competitively um and a lot of people i don't think realize that it was a feature um before the big important level four list came out a couple seasons ago um that alongside the increase of speed and the difficult change of position they're all existing features um but they're just a little bit more important now uh so it's i really love that it's coming to the surface and people are noticing it more um but yeah i i've been i've been doing that for quite a while so how did your triple sow cow reverse rotating double sow cow like did you just it is that also part of this process um in a way uh that one was something raheem encouraged me to do uh because i i'd done i'd worked on my spins and then it kind of developed into well, wouldn't it be funny if I could do an axle the other way um, and then continued? Mm-hmm. So it was just one day I was messing around with skating one way and doing triple sow and then skating the other way immediately after and doing double sow. And he was like, why don't you like try to put them together? Like out of the landing. And he showed me because he's, you know, he's Rohin Moore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I worked on it because uh, it was like kind of this new special thing that he'd given me that 
first of all, it was something weird that I was doing that was being encouraged. That was like a number one win for me because <laughs> I'm out here like doing whatever, not important. Right. Uh, and he's like, yeah, do it. I was like, oh, you're not going to yell at me for not working on triple X or, <laughs> you know, um, but I, I first, I had to do it with a counter three turn in between. Um, and then a few years later, I remembered it and I tried it again with just the edge pull and I was able to do it. Um, so I just, every, you know, every other Friday afternoon when I was all done for the week, I do a few, um, and then with the rule changes, um, it wasn't so much with the jumps that they changed, but they added this step axle for the full value jump combo. Mm -hmm. um, which a lot of people are doing mm -hmm. now. And I started, actually, all of Tammy's kids started doing it because of the value of the axle being higher than like a double loop. Uh, so I had my my plane combo that was just the two jump with the double toe. And then I had, um, I do triple loop, double toe, double axle for my three jump in the free. Um, and then I was like, I have one more combo um, and I've used both my double toes. <laughs> and I was like, this sounds like it's going to be a triple sound of a loop situation. Um, not sure how I feel about that being the last jump of the program. Um, but, you know, I, I could do it. I just have to work on it a little more. Um, but it just wasn't sitting well with me. I was like, there got to be something else I can do. Right. Uh, and again, I was working on Peggy Fleming trophy. This was last season. And the triple sound, double sound was in that as the jump combo. And I was like, why don't I just, why don't I just do that in like the normal competition too? Um, didn't ask anyone beforehand besides my coaches if I could do it. Um, no, didn't get it looked at by tech specialists or anything. So was like, if I get the last jump dash at the Broadmoor Open, do I really care? No. Uh, so I did it and they called it as a full value two jump combo. <laughs> and, <laughs> I was like, oh gosh. And then everything started, you know, um, because we had critiques and all that. And my critique took forever because we couldn't stop talking about this thing. And they took it to Glacier and they had meetings and singles camp. And, um, and then they, they wrote it into the IJS clarifications as a valid uh, combo for not getting reduction for edge change between two jumps. Um, and here we are. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, yeah. it's cool for you to have that helps you stand out from yes. mm -hmm. all of the other competitors. And I think everyone who goes out there wants to be different than everyone else or have something about themselves yeah. that helps I, them stand should. out. And that's a really mm -hmm. cool, quirky, clever way for you to be. This is Sonia Hilmer. She does this. It is. It's cool to watch. It's just cool yeah. you doing it. <laughs> yeah. I, I have to laugh that the the thing that I like invented into the rule book was jumps. Because <laughs> I'm so strong in artistry. <laughs> um, and I was just like, look, you can do it all. <laughs> but yeah. It is cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Nebelhorn. You got to go mm -hmm. to Obertsdorf. Which Nebelhorn yes. is this big event that has been going on for a long time. It's got a lot of history. It's a prestigious Challenger Series event. It was always like a high-profile senior B, even mm -hmm. before 
the Challenger series even came about. Yeah, what was it like to oh compete gosh. there? Well, the town is like a fantasy setting, right? Um, it's it's beautiful. Uh, it, it the people there are wonderful, um, super encouraging. The um, the travel itself, I was just worried about like being able to get there and know where I was going because uh, they they have a lot of different transportation out there like the train system um, and luckily I, I was able to travel with someone so thank goodness I wasn't just in the middle of Germany somewhere um, but it, it it was so one refreshing honestly is the word I would use um, it really opened my eyes in a lot of ways um and i would absolutely go back i would even just go back for a vacation uh yeah <laughs> um and the the rink was wonderful also um and, and you could feel the history in there um and they're so proud to to have everyone uh which i mean like what more can you ask for yeah in a competition <laughs> Everyone that has been there that I've talked to have they've said similar things about yeah. it that yeah. it's just like this ethereal, beautiful, like cut from a postcard place that yeah. you just look yeah. up and yeah. it it's just beautiful. It it's glorious. the yeah. The scenery is just breathtaking, and I think when you see photos of it, it does look like it's a postcard, like everything that you would take for pictures is a postcard. So um, it's cool. Did you um, try to learn any German while you were there? Um, I could, I, I learned how to say I don't speak German. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, there, there's quite, quite a lot of English speaking there. Um, which is good because I'm I will freeze like even if I've learned how to say things I'll just freeze in conversation um, and forget everything so that was great uh, <laughs> that uh, that they had that because it's it's a big tourist destination um, it's a ski town so um, that they, they they even had a few other languages like I know Isabel was speaking Italian to someone really mm. wow oh, yeah that's cool. Yeah, we saw <laughs> pictures of you with Isabel and Lucas, so it looked like you guys yeah. were having a great time. Yeah, it was it was a great time. <laughs> um, I was gonna ask, what did you like take away from the experience? Um, what have you like, maybe something you're working on now as you prepare for your next competition? What was you know your takeaways from Nebelhorn? Um. Wow. <laughs> it's it's kind of hard honestly to put it into one sentence. Um but I would say there is always something that you are doing that is good and meaningful. And I had a pretty stressful time leading up to the trip. Um you know not everything went the way I would have liked. Uh and I was quite stressed when I got there, um, but seeing that I could still go out and enjoy and do lots of stuff and interact with fans, especially, uh, 
was just like look you you had this quite tough journey here um and yet you you you're still doing exactly what you want to be doing um and it's it's a wonderful reminder in the times that are tough and it's a big reward in the times that are easy <laughs> uh so that i i'm really grateful for the whole experience in that way also um because we all need a little bit of everything uh yeah you you persevered i mean you it took you quite a while to make your first nationals and you were able to stay motivated to stay and keep you know stay the course which is not an easy thing to do in this sport um how did you stay motivated how did you keep yourself focused on the on the goal or was nationals i mean was that your goal? I mean, Gina and I have talked before about how different skaters have different goals about what they want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And it seems like there's a lot of focus on meddling and international competition, um, making nationals, all of those things. But not every skater, yeah. that's not what motivates them. That's not what they're looking at. What motivated yeah. you to keep going? Till you did make it last year and you finished in the top 10 yeah yeah well nationals has been a long time goal um but i kind of learned that the placement and qualification goal focus for me was not the way i needed to be approaching it mentally um i think most skaters probably all skaters uh, have experienced meeting someone new and telling them they're a figure skater and what's the first thing that they say oh are you going to the olympics you going to the olympics or yes. can you do a triple axel yep. yeah those are the right? always the ones oh my gosh and when you're a kid or when i was a little kid i was like yeah right because that's what you <laughs> yeah. said and that's what you're excited about we all watched the olympics yeah. and it was mm -hmm. very exciting everyone wants to go to the olympics it's not that i still would love to go to the olympics um but as i uh moved into the teenage years i kind of like you learn about the process like oh yikes uh <laughs> and i started answering the question differently and it turned into you know we'll see we'll see um and eventually and this actually wasn't until like honestly a couple months ago that i made this decision um of like really what what are you doing here if it's not the olympics if you're not being uh metal oriented and i decided uh well when i was a little bit younger i decided i wanted to change the sport in a way or impact the sport as a whole which at this point mm -hmm. i have um mm -hmm. with the, with the soccer combo um, but obviously I'm not done. <laughs> so, uh, I kind of decided that like thinking of it more of like hall of fame, skating hall of fame level, uh, was more appropriate for me because that can include all the medals and titles and competitions you want in it or what is on your path. Uh, but it has more of a legacy attached to it. And, uh, it, since I've been in it so long already, uh, I feel like that's really the direction I'm going. And the reason I I attribute 
to being able to stay in it so long was finding my unique style um, and learning how to be proud of that, even when it wasn't rewarded. Because um, I've, I've been doing a lot of this stuff for longer than you've seen me on the scene. And it was always encouraged, like, you have to max your base value. You have to, you know, you have to do the, the if you want the highest scores, you have to look at what everyone else is doing and do those jumps. Um, and I just said, you know what? I'm going to go out there for once and just be proud of all the stuff that I'm doing. That's just stuff that I'm doing. Um, that's really when it started to flip and all my technical got better at that moment. Also. It's, it's uh, interesting when just a simple change of mindset can yeah really make a big impact like that on mm-hmm. what yeah. you're able to accomplish. I think that's, yeah. that bodes well in like, not just sports, but in, in life as well. Um, being able to just shift and understand when you're on a path or you're, you know, facing things that are not necessarily going to get you to whatever your end result, whatever the end result that you want to get to is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have any advice to skaters who are trying to get to nationals, haven't made it, maybe they've been close and they're they're trying to find a way to keep themselves motivated. Well, I can't tell you how many times I went into sectionals knowing I had a shot and it being super close. Like, how many sectionals have I done? (laughs) Uh, at, At least five consecutive years, right? Of going in and feeling like prepared and that I had nationals worthy programs and that I had scored that way at some point during the season and not being able to qualify. And I, I really do believe, and I, what I want for the sport is for everyone to have something that they love about what they're doing and for that to be exciting one for the audience to watch, um, to bring viewing back into the sport um, to add some diversity to the types of skaters we have and to make our skaters happy. Uh, like if I'm having a bad day, I go back and I do skating skills for a whole session just because I love how the edges feel on the ice for someone else. It might be, Oh, I love when I land my triple toe perfectly. It's my favorite thing ever. Um, like go back and do a bunch of triple toes. Um, and that that for me that gives me a reason to go back to my roots and to stay with it and to remember why I'm here that I do love the sport and what I'm doing um and it gives you something to be proud of too um I mean so so often we're told what's wrong and a very special person recently uh came up to me and said this and that's that for the first time she had been told you are enough and that in her entire career before judging before all all of that had never been told that and so I think that's the biggest thing I would tell uh the kids is you are enough exactly where you are right now and you'll continue to be that as you continue to change um and just Remember why you love it, and it's all good. That's great advice. 
That is great, great advice. advice. I think that's yeah. great advice for anyone. In life. Yeah. Not even in skating. Yeah. Yeah. No. I it, agree. I mean, we're doing life. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing the sport, but we're doing yeah, life right. too. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us on this episode. Gina has our fun questions. I notice that you have. I did, and I changed some you new did. ones. You did. So, so you kept the that first one... one that's going to get some new ones. Yeah. But no, I did keep the famous oh. question. Yes. So. Oh, is it apple and pizza? No, no. It's no. wait until. <laughs> yeah, well, no. How? Where do you stand on pineapple on pizza? Yeah, I I like pineapple on pizza. I mean, I think there's some combinations it doesn't go with, but in general, I like. Pineapple yeah. yeah. I don't only it. because I don't like pineapple. Yeah. So that I mean that makes sense. I wouldn't want it yeah, on anything. You yeah. have, right. Yeah. It's cool. That's a good question, Gina, to add in the future, maybe. Okay. okay. I like that. So let's get started with the fun questions. You want me to go first? You there, can Daphne? go first. Okay. So this one's gonna be perfect for Sonia. And I didn't even I totally forgot about your art background. But you you are a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? Oh, um, uh, chartreuse. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> it's, it's like a bright yellow green. Yeah. Um, I think that just like I had like a book of birthday months, like things that related to your day, mm-hmm. according to whoever wrote this particular book and my color was chartreuse uh <laughs> so it's bright it's not normal like you don't just go to someone and say oh yeah my favorite color is chartreuse you usually say like blue right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like great. yeah. gina do you know what color you would be well i like the color green but i wouldn't say i'm going to be you know green i i don't know it would be like uh I would have to try to give it its own name. I don't know what to give it, though. I know. I feel like I would want to give it its own name, but my color would be somewhere in the world of indigo. Yes. Yeah. I love indigo also. Yeah. Yeah, mine would be like a dark kind of... I don't like the bright, like, neon green. I like a dark (laughs) forest green. Like, an emerald green is my birthstone. So, yeah. But I don't know what I call it. Yeah. I feel like we'd have to come up with some fancy name. Like... Yeah. Yeah. Something I'll come up with something go. by the next time I ask this question. All right. Not for green. Somewhere in that shade though. Somewhere yeah. in that world. Yeah. But not for yes. not that that actual color. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny you say crayons, because whenever I get like a very distinctive color, I always call it like Crayola that color. Yeah. I have my like, crayons right over here. Let me see if I I don't oh even my gosh. Like you're yeah. very distinct green. That's Crayola green. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have, like I don't know what even color this is right. Oh, spring green. This is a spring green. No, there is 120 crayons in this. Box. I have no crayons, but I have the Crayola markers that are the skinny skinny tips. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like to draw sometimes, but I usually draw like weird, swirly, like swirly shapes that connect to each other. So it's like some sort of weird infinity symbol, but it's not. Yeah, and cool. I just do that. I don't know. It calms me down. Like if I'm mm-hmm. in a meeting or if I'm doing something or having to listen to something that is stressing me out, 
I'll doodle. And it, like, brings my heart yeah. rate down and I just yeah. relax a bit. Um, I've loved to draw for a very long time. So I have that. But I deal mostly with digital colors and those silly codes, like, oh, yeah, the code. you know, hash, hashtag... Yeah. B B C C B C C or in the in the Adobe world, there's like P M B something. Yeah, um, you have your whole Pantone color book memorized. Yeah, uh, I don't, <laughs> but I love that. Um, it makes it easy uh, to um, yeah, to do things. Okay, so my question is: other than your skates and costumes and all your other skating related items. What is one thing you pack in your suitcase that you can't travel without when you go to a competition? Uh, I don't want to say paper, but it's paper. Oh, that's nothing Just wrong for, with like, that. drawing on plane. Um, yeah, it's like, because I wanted to like, change it up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what's something? I had, um, I had a little doll that I packed with me um, a couple seasons ago. Uh, Cause she's like from the same place as what my free pro- free, free program music was, and like matched it. Um, so I just brought her as good luck. I had her commissioned by an artist. Um, That's cool. And yeah, I just I That's heard cool. every competition for that. <laughs> All right. If you had a time machine, would you travel to the future or back to the past? Oh, back to the past. <laughs> <laughs> Any particular yeah. time in the past? Um. Hmm. You know, I like mythology a lot. Oh, okay. So maybe like ancient Greece. Okay. That would be cool. Um, that was like be. way, way far back. So the final one is if you were stuck on a deserted island with three figure skaters, past or present, oh, oh. <laughs> who would you be stuck with? Do you want to uh, give her the little... Well, see, Jason Brown had some trouble with this one. He had to, okay. like, take an extended months. Gee, I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah. we interviewed... That's funny. I was actually going to say Jason for one of them. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Jason uh, had some trouble. We inter- Yeah, we interviewed him a year ago when he decided he was going to come back. Mm-hmm. Or actually, he never left. But when Jason yeah. decided he was going to go to Nationals... We had him on to talk about it, and it took him till nationals to answer the question. Yeah, I had to ask <laughs> oh, so him I in have- person in San Jose. You could, or you could, you know, you could be quicker and answer it. You know, it might be something that's easier to answer. Yeah. And we should preface that it could be you're on this deserted island, Um and you don't want to get off. You just want to have a grand old time or you need to get off. So who would be right. the best three people that you would want to have with you to get off the island? Yeah, off. it's entirely yeah. up to you. Yeah. Um, well, I think I'll keep Jason. I think I, I think I'll go in the past a little bit too. Um, you know, another artist. Um, and actually coach now at Rob Moore is Josh Ferris. Oh, oh Josh on the podcast. Yeah. Josh on too. And Josh and Jason used to compete against each other. Like it was a yeah. big thing. Yeah. That's okay, cool. So that actually might, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh, uh, 
Mariah. Mariah Bell? Mariah Bell. I think I'm staying on the island. Probably. Yeah. But I bet you're going to have a really good time. Time, Yeah. yeah. We're going to have a good time on the island. And look at that. All three yeah. All that three. we've had on the podcast. Yeah. Who I yeah. think we didn't have, we didn't have time to ask Josh this question, but we did ask Mariah and we did ask Jason. And I don't I can't remember who they said I know. or what. We Jason a- was just the one that it took him, oh, this is so oh, hard. Yeah. Oh, oh, and he kept going. I even edited out a bunch of the <laughs> this is so hards. Yeah. <laughs> It was fun. It's kind of just an ongoing thing yeah. with the podcast. <laughs> and we had so much fun, um, you know, just asking him the questions and then having to wait. It was kind of hilarious oh, yeah. at the time because mm-hmm. we'd only been doing the podcast for like six months at that yeah. point. So it was all still really new. We're And we didn't do interviews right away. We didn't yeah. really start doing interviews until probably four months in. Yeah. So we were still figuring out what we were going to do. I mean, this is our second skating season and we're still just kind of like figuring out what we're going to do. Yeah. And just, you know, just trying to, I don't know, we want to shine a lens on some interesting parts of skating that maybe people don't really know yeah. about or get to see or it's just not out there broadcast like with big bright lights anywhere. Right. We just want to, yeah, shine a lens on all that. Mm-hmm. Make it That's great. Show the fun we stuff. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> so before we let you go, Sonia, what's the next competition for you? Um, I'm set to compete at sectionals in November. Midwesterns. I still oh, call it Midwestern sectionals. Sonia, uh, I will see the- you there. <laughs> I'm hey. going to Bloomington. <laughs> Um, I'm also a photographer and I'm going for the, um, the ice dance finalist there. So, yeah. yeah. So I will be there for the, I think for the, from Tuesday to Saturday for the competition. I should be there. So yeah, it's going to be fun. See, I had that feeling (laughs) you guys were going to be seeing each Each other. other. Yeah. It's cool. Well, we really appreciate Sonia taking the time to chat with us today. Gina, can you let folks know where they can find us? Well, you can find us at our website. It's thisweekinskating.com on social media at the site formerly known as Twitter at thiswkinskating and Facebook and Instagram. It's thisweekinskating. We're also on threads. We love your feedback or your questions. If you've got a question for Sonia that we can pass along to her, Please let us know. You can reach out to us on social media or email us at thisweekinskating at gmail.com. We appreciate all the feedback and support that we've received. Keep it coming. It helps us know that we're on the right track with what we're doing. Um, With that, we've reached the end of our episode. Thanks for listening. I'm Daphne. And I'm Gina. And you've been listening to This Week in Skating. Have a nice week.